LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Welcome one, welcome all. We're going to have a fun time today, folks. And uh, just so that we're all on the same page, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, UK's finest in uh, Richard Murphy, who took on Warren Mosler, for whatever reason, I don't know, um, decided to tell the father of modern monetary theory, the OG himself, that he doesn't understand MMT, which is always a curious thing, right? Um, so I don't know Richard from Adam. Let me just be fair. He might be a great tap dancer. He might be good at Parcheesi. He might even be a damn good grandfather somewhere. I don't know. I don't even know if he's a granddad. But I do know this. He doesn't know MMT. And so one of the challenges here, as I'm going to bring on my guest, who appears to have his camera turned off at the moment, um, I'm going to see if I can bring Mr. Mike Hall on. Let me see if Mike Hall is available. Mike, are you there, brother? Looks like you're having some internet issues. So while we wait for Mike to get his internet back, let me go ahead and just simply take over the mic and uh, wait for my, oh, there he is. He's back. Right. He's okay. Back. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think I, you know, it's, this is stretching my internet capacity here a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Anyway. Okay. All right. So Mike, Mike Hall is a longtime friend of Steve Grumbine. I've known him longer than RP existed. Mike uh, has been a very, very instrumental in a lot of the learning I did for years when I was just cutting my teeth on MMT supported us in our groups he's been a moderator forever um and mike is just an overall bright guy and he's in the uk so he's familiar with richard murphy i'm not i mean i am in the sense that of course we're in a small space a small world and you kind of know who everybody is uh, but the real deal is is that in the end let's just be fair okay if you don't know mmt your job is to ask questions. It's not to make de declarative statements. It's definitely not to take on the OG of his own theory and to call people that follow that cultists and other derogatory garbage, uh, you know, garbage comments, quite frankly. And so we've got an entire thing here that I'm going to go ahead and show us. This is a... Um, Richard has written two different things, quite frankly. What he did was he wrote the original one, which was um, this attack on Warren Mosler. And then he's got a white paper out there where he basically tries to do the MMT, uh, tries to talk about MMT. Um, you know, I, I never, I, I'm part of what I do here is try to bring in folks that are adjacent to MMT as well. I don't just sit there and play with the MMT OGs and the MMT. Uh, next gen. I'm busy trying to work to build bridges because folks, let me, let me go solo momentarily, guys. We have an existential climate crisis going on. We have people without health care. We have people that are dying literally from austerity. 
And so to me, there's no greater import than getting this shit right about the economics. This is what attracted me to modern monetary theory. And there are some things that unfortunately between the two, um, between these various adjacent schools of thought, there are mean-spirited, quite frankly, disingenuous attacks, pedantic attacks, uh, things that are niggling around the edges about esoteric nonsense that fundamentally block a widespread uh, push to do the right thing for the people, to solve uh, world hunger, quite frankly, okay? And without an understanding of how the economic system works, we have good-natured leftists screwing up the joint. We got bad-natured conservatives screwing up the joint. And then we've got lol libertarians who simply can't be asked to econ anything. Okay, because they don't understand state money. They don't understand that money is a creature of the state. So let me bring on my guests once again. Mike, thank you very much, brother, for uh, coming on with me. Uh, wouldn't do it with anybody else. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me, sir. No, you're welcome. You're welcome, Steve. Yeah, no problem. All right. So tell me, tell me your understanding. I mean, you know, I, look, this is not a beat up Richard Murphy pod or show. It, I mean, we're going to hit him where he deserves to be hit, but it's not gratuitous hitting, okay? Because it matters too much that we get this shit right. It matters too much that we build these bridges amongst allies and amongst people that are adjacent to us. I stand on that. I believe it. Um, but I am going to take this down. I'm going to take it to task. And uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Mr. Murphy? What do you know about him? I tell me, tell me about this guy, Richard Murphy. What do I need to know about Richard Murphy before we dive in? Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's basically his basic profession is tax accountant. I mean, that's that's what he that's what he. I mean, he, he you know he's he's written books of tax and and so. Th I mean, this is I think this is an important introduction to this to this piece as well because where I see that Richard Murphy is coming from is okay it's politics uh, you know wouldn't be very far from ours i'm sure but it's the it's the means it's the tool which he wants to use i mean he spent his whole career in tax designing tax systems the proposing tax systems so what richard murphy wants to do he wants to he wants he wants tax to be up there as the number one tool you know, to socially and economically shape the economy, to, to shape the economy in, in, in a socially progressive fashion. I mean, that's what he wants to do. I, I accept that. But, and this, and, this is why, and this is why I think his fundamental clashes with, with Warren Mosley is because Warren takes a, a quite different view about about tax. Warren takes a very, very simple, straightforward, and in my opinion, logically coherent view about tax, in that it has it has one primary purpose. Uh, one primary purpose is to drive is to drive you know, the use, the dominant use of the state's currency. And I mean there's all sorts of shenanigans that, that Richard goes through to sort of distort what what uh, uh, what Warren says. I mean, it's, it's a bit bizarre, really, because 
yeah, anyway. Anyway, I think that's where this is coming from. So basically, now I agree with Warren on this, so I'm going to state my position and why I, I, I don't think, I, I think, I think Richard Murphy's totally wrong on, on his approach to this and his approach to socially progressive economic management via tax. That's what he wants to do. My, my take on this is, and I've said this many times, and I'm sure people who know me have seen me around on Twitter and Facebook and that will, will recognize what I'm going to say. It's because tax is a market mechanism. Okay. You good. Oh, okay. Did we lose slightly? Okay. I'll say that again. Tax is a market mechanism. Okay. So that means. That means you have to have a reasonably functional market, a market which is balanced between, between buyers and sellers, between supply and demand, for, to, for a market mechanism to actually work and to nudge that market one way or the other. I mean, this is taxes, you know, market mechanism, economic signal, incentive. Okay. So these don't guarantee that anybody does anything. They just nudge people in the right direction, in the direction that, that's, that's desired. But functional markets is not, is, is not a description of our economies. I mean, that's just not, it's, it, I mean, functional, functional, functional markets are a rarity in, in, in our economies. And I mean, the biggest problems that we've got in our economies are the most dysfunctional markets. The markets which are most dominated by typically supply-side billionaires. I mean, that's I mean, this has been the story of, I think, particularly of the last 20, 30 years of the you know of the digital, of the IT, of the IT revolution. I mean, in all of these things, in computer software, Microsoft, Apple, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, all 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 of these things. And natural monopolies, you know, because of, because the internet is a global thing, and you can't have you need interoperability for, for it to be worth anything at all. So we've got you know. So this is the latest. I mean, you see this, and in fact, you see this before in history. You know, when you see sort of technological revolutions. I mean, I mean, think about you know the, what was it the um, the railway barons in the United States, wasn't it, the nineteenth century? You know, yep. um, so, you know, I mean, you know, and it's, it's all over the place. I mean, you know, the, the private markets in, you know, tax is just the wrong, the wrong way to, to deal with these things. In, in my opinion, the I mean, wrong angle. Yeah, I, I just come out and say, say straight up, look, it's got to be direct government intervention. I mean, we, we've got a situation, we've got housing situation. I mean, crisis is too small a word. We, we are now, we are now. You know, people are emigrating from Ireland, young people, young families. We've got single parents. We've got families. And the councils haven't even got emergency accommodation for them. And there are thousands of these, thousands in this situation now facing eviction, eviction notices from landlords who may want to sell their property or may not, or may just be using that as an excuse or whatever. Okay. And we, we have a real situation now. And it's because... Housing was handed over completely to the private market. Um, I mean, you know, we all we all know we know this now. 
So, right. so you know, I've got to say to you, Richard Mercy, if you're paying attention, if, you, if, you, if you're watching this, you've just got to rethink tax as a mechanism for the socially progressive policies, the socially progressive society that we all want to see. You're barking up the wrong tree, big time. This is not the way to go. We need to totally rethink taxes. And Warren is right about the process there. I think Warren's proposal for the primary tax being being the, the, the property the property tax that'll lead progressive um, that'll lead progressive uh, uh, structure and, and adjustments to it to to make sure that you know, that uh, you know people are not paying unreasonable amounts of tax for what is it what is basically their home and but you know this can be done and as Warren says you know you, you can't. You can't take your property off to a to a tax haven, you know. So, and the other point, the, the big point, I will just want to I'll finish this up, Steve. Sure. The big point that Warren makes about this is is the is the real resources cost. I mean, this is the real cost of tax compliance. And I mean, you know, when you've got tax codes that are, that are this thick, um, you know, cor- for corporation tax particularly, you know, for business taxes. I mean, you know, the the real resources is, on all this is is not a waste. I mean, we're just wasting people's time on on collecting taxes and ensuring compliance. And Warren's right about this. So I think that really, you know, we you should be backing off. We should be moving towards, you know, we should be moving away from a lot of these taxes. I mean, these taxes like income taxes are disincentives. So look, okay. I'm going to finish off that point there. That I think this is where this is where the fundamental beef is between between Richard Murphy and Warren. And, Warren, and, Warren Mercy. and I, it's all it's all on Richard's side because I think I, well, I'll, you know Warren's I'll, I'll, Warren's just such an expert on all of this. He's just like you know, oh yeah, whatever. Like you know, I mean, I you know I this, this, this is the guy that picks up a phone and talks to any central bank chief in the world. You know, I mean, he's. Come on, he knows how the system works. He's owned a bank, and um, I, 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 you know, and I'll, I'll never hear a word said about about Warren's. Warren doesn't doesn't express his politics an awful lot. But what I what I what I know about Warren's politics is repeated many times you know, that he wants for the same for the same reasons of, of resources saving. He wants to. He he wants about ninety five percent of the finance sector to just go to just we just stop all that nonsense the casino, and I mean that's you know that's a very progressive anti finance position you know for him for yeah. someone in his position to take and he means it and he's said it several times he's dead right, um you know yeah. Yeah, anyway okay let's let's get let's get okay sorry right. Steve I've gone no, on, not uh, a, let's go let's get back to um let's get back to the to the to what you know. What what, what uh, Richard Murphy's been saying in this piece? All right, so a couple of things. Um, I'll just make the point that ultimately what you've got here, and just going through this, and we're going to share the screen with you guys so you understand what he said. So it's not like just us talking off the top of our heads. Um, what you've got here is him taking issue with several key points. Number one, the role of taxes, and the fi- the idea that taxation literally creates unemployment. And it, it, going back to Warren Mosler's money story, this is a foundational principle of MMT, one that uh, Richard doesn't quite understand. 
And worse, I think it's because of a very literal translation, which is an intentional misrepresentation of what Warren says. The other thing is the concept of central banking and the fact that the government itself is supreme to the central bank, that the government itself has power over the central bank and this presumed fake role of independence of the central bank is just that it's the real myth of central banking. Um, these are agents of the government, whether people accept that or not. The U.S. dollar is a, for example, in the U.S., it's a patent of the U.S. government. The dollar is the government's unit of account, and it has gone ahead and made agents, if you will, by giving out charters to these banks. So these are other key instruments that Richard doesn't see eye to eye with uh, Warren on. And I presume most positive money folks um, would not agree either because they've got this non-consolidated view. Um, they don't recognize the uh, supremacy of the federal government or the national government. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and share this up here. I'll just go ahead and read it for everyone. Hmm. Um, so if you guys can see my screen, this is uh, Richard Murphy right here. His paper is The Problems with Warren Mosler's Description of Modern Monetary. It's like the theory, the problems with Albert Einstein's uh, description of the theory of relativity. That's, that's what this paper should be called, right? I mean, just right there. Let's start right there. The creator of the theory of relativity versus the creator of the theory. Anyway, let's go ahead in here. Richard Murphy, <laughs> April 2023, published by the Tax Research LLP. He says, in purpose of this note, this note reviews a note published by Warren and Twitter on April 7th, 2023. By the way, that white paper's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and here's what he says. The too long did not read version. On April 7th, Warren Mosler posted a paper on Twitter, which he claimed presented the fundamentals of MMT. I disagreed with him on that issue on Twitter at the time and was challenged to provide a response. In this note, I argue Mosler did not represent a coherent argument as to what MMT might be in his paper. He did, in my opinion, present an argument suggesting that a jurisdiction without a government might be better off than one with a government operating MMT. Mosler's description of an economy fails to take into account the existence of commercial banks. Here you go, folks. I want you to understand this is a standard positive money. I don't understand the consolidated balance sheet that Mosler is speaking to because they don't recognize that these banks got their right to exist from a charter given to them by the unit of account patent holder. Anyway, but that's, that's the next thing. And then Mosler incorrectly represents the primary purpose of taxation is to create unemployment when that is not the case. And then this is my favorite one to do so he and he's like taking double barrels out for two OGs of the actual theories critiquing to do so. He and Bill Mitchell have also appear to argue that MMT requires that a government tax before it spends and that tax revenues must equate to spending. Okay. That's not, not an MMT that I know of, but anyway, both of which claims contradict usual understandings of MMT. Let me just stop right there for a minute because we can keep going. But this is really irritates me. The idea that at one point in the very beginning of time, when the, the, the system itself began and there was no 
quote unquote U.S. dollar or uh, British pound or whatever, that in order to entice workers, they had to give the money to the worker to pay a tax in because that money comes from the fucking government. Excuse my French. Okay. So because they don't recognize this fundamental truth, by the way, not like, you know, this fundamental truth, they butcher this so badly. So stabs, you know, spending, then tax after, right? And um, anyway, the next one is Mosler also, in my opinion, misrepresents the cause of inflation by suggesting that is always created by government action. We can talk about that. And the argument Mosler makes for a job guarantee are consequently based on what I think to be false premises. Oh, boy. All right. An alternative view of MMT, mind you, he's never been a developer of MMT, but he's going to claim that this is an alternative view of a theory he didn't create uh, that does not rely on these arguments is presented. He provides his PDF version, which folks, I mean, you know, I'm not here to to um, tell you not to read it. I mean, I read it and there was things in it that were good. I mean, this is not like a zero sum gain here. I mean, there were aspects of his paper that were good. However, the things that he got wrong he got really, really wrong. Okay, so let's let's go through this, Mike. So it starts off, the exchange was as follows. Richard Murphy, I'm sorry, but that is not in any way what MMT says. Now, just the hubris right here. He's talking to the guy who is, is the, found, the godfather, the, the OG of this entire theory, okay? I'm sorry, but that is not in any way what MMT says. MMT requires tax A to ratify the value of money, okay, to reclaim money spent into the economy by the government to control inflation, to deliver economic and social policy, to pretend tax is not fundamental to MMT is wrong. Now, let's start right there, and we can address, Mosler drops his white paper in there, but let's, let's talk about that for a second, Mike. What, when, when you hear something like that, when you hear something like that, he's saying basically, that uh, to pretend tax is not fundamental to MMT is wrong. Has any MMT ever said that tax was not vital, that the tax itself is an absolute vital? It's not so much the tax because it can be done through different ways, right? But the idea of creating an obligation payable only in the unit of account is what mm -hmm. the tax represents. It is the, the trigger. That's why everyone from Randall Ray throughout the entire development team plus next-gen, third-gen, fifth-gen, people like myself, we would tell you point blank that the purpose of the tax is to drive the need, the acceptance, the use of the currency by applying an obligation sufficient to cause people to act is yeah. like the catalyst for the engine. Your if, I just, if I can just come in, Steve, I mean, yeah, I mean, one, one of the things that, that, Mur that Murphy misses in, in all this, in all this piece here is this question of the timing. He fudges this totally. The statement from Warren Mosley is that what comes first is the tax liability, which is a future requirement to pay the tax. And it's that, it's that, oh, in six months' time, I'm going to get a tax bill, so I'm going to have to collect some of these government tokens so I can pay it, okay? Or, you know... It, in, in, in the case of the first person I've said, that, so I'm going to have to pay in six months. The only, the only, you know, you only need a handful of entities in the economy 
that are actually in that position that are going to have to do that. They're going to have that tax demand. I mean, the property would work. Property tax would work pretty well. Not everybody owns a tax, owns a property, so you know. So it's going to be paid through people who are paying rent to people who do own the property. But that that's that's the whole point of this is that it's a future liability it creates the driving force of of the thing to use. Oh, I'm going to have to use that currency, and and that's another, I think, a major mistake in this paper that comes in further down. And might as well introduce it now. Is that is that Murphy sort of makes out that um, you know, it's, it's 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 only that um, you know, the government's the only the only person who can make sorry the only entity that can that can create currency or or, or offer currency for use. I mean that's nonsense, you know, because you know as, as, as um, who was it was it was it Minsky that said um, you know anybody can create money. That the problem is is getting accepted. Well, yeah, I mean. The the reality is is that I mean if you you know if you get credit from your local shop, you know they've just created money. It's an IOU. Um, you know I think it happens all the time. I mean you know there's supermarkets down some money. <laughs> I mean this you know he tries to sort of make out that oh you know there's, there's there's something else going on. It has to be legal tender. You know the money has to be you know you this has to be declared the money you've got to use. Well no I mean that's you know. That that just that just doesn't work. I mean, Mosler's nailed the driving force of what makes a, a currency dominant. And it's also, I mean, this has also been pointed out in places, you know, colonial Africa. You know, when the Europeans colonized Africa, I mean, you know, they said all these natives and said, you know, and they, of course they had a few guns and swords and things, and said, look, you guys are going to work for us, and the natives ran away and said, you know. Hey, hang on a minute. And they said, oh, wait a minute. No, never mind the guns. Here, we've got some of these little tokens here for you. We're calling it money. Hey, come and work for us. We need you to, you know, we need you to chop some bananas off the trees or do whatever or go and build something for us. And they said, well, what's that? I can't eat that. I go away with you. You know, so, so um, you know, so the government said, you know, right, okay, well, hang on a minute. In six months, you're going to have to give us some of these tokens that we're going to give you for working for us. And if you ain't got them, well, you know, you're going to go to prison. You know, we're going to go and lock you up. You know, so, you know, that's it. I mean, that drives, that drives the whole thing. Um, but what, what Murphy, as I, say, as I say, what I think Murphy is trying to do, and, it, and it's, it, it's, in, it's in that tweet, is just saying, you know, to pretend that tax is not fundamental to MMT, he wants to make it. A lot, lot more than just that yes. basic driving force. That's where he's coming from, and it's his whole yes. career, you know. But I mean, you know, sorry, Richard, you know, it, your, your career has been based on false economics, you know, like like most people's for the last, you know, was it fifty, sixty years involved yep. in economics or tax? Come on, I mean, you know, yeah. you know if you're serious about changing the world, you've got to be able to. You got to be able to admit when you, you know, when you, when your basis needs to needs to change. You know, I mean, there is a basis for tax. There is a basis for, you know, for for reforming the tax code. You know, in a more sensible, real resource efficient way. That's what we should be doing. That's what you should be doing, Richard. Well, it, okay. on that note, let me just say this, Mike. We've got a lot of paper to go through. If you look through this, I mean, it's just okay. absurd <laughs> how much we got to go through. 
So we've got to kind of bring it back a little bit, even though I would love to spend six hours on this because it's, I mean, this is important stuff. I I did not undertake this live stream willy nilly. Okay. So I want to get through here. He goes, Mosler's view of MMT appears to be summarized in this statement. MMT is a, is unique in its analysis of monetary economies and therefore best considered as its own school of thought. It is in this case unfortunate that it is hard to find out precisely what Mosler means from reading this paper. For example, under the heading, what is MMT? He said, MMT began as a description of Federal Reserve Bank monetary operations and accounting. We're talking about the, the this is the plumbing, which are best thought of as debits and credits to accounts as kept by banks, businesses, and individuals. Warren is definitely economically uh, sparse with his words. He is not one to just flower out with a whole bunch of extra, but I'm not going to take issue with his, he's got a right to say that he doesn't like that. And that's fine. He says no further explanation. Hold on, Mike, just let me read because buddy, we're not going to get through a quarter of this. If we, if we don't get it, let me roll through this. Uh, He says no further explanation is supplied. The reader is left wondering what Mosler is referring to as a result. Even if they are aware of the significance of double entry accounting in banking and the money creation process, which few people are. He says Mosler's heading is what is relevance of MMT today, in which he says the MMT understandings put policy options on the table that were previously considered that were not previously considered viable. Again, this is the intro to stuff, right? Because again, no further explanation is supplied. Once again, leaves the question he has posed unanswered. Instead, Mosler moves on to suggest what is different about MMT. Everything he's saying is, uh, it's got my blood boiling. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, that statement there. And so you've taken it off. I've got it here. No further explanation. That's not true. If you you look at Warren's paper, he puts puts a link there to soft currency economics and also another long piece of what is money. (laughs) You know, quite a lot of explanation is provided. I mean, you know, so, you know, he's saying, you know, please have a look at that first. I mean, okay. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Keep going, Steve. Sorry. Yep. So, so I'm going to bring it back. Sure. All right. Let me go ahead and get this comment off the so screen here, momentarily. Yeah. And we're going to add this back. And he says, what's different about MMT is slightly more fulsome in response, saying MMT alone recognizes that the government and its agents are the sole supplier of that which it demands for payment of taxes. That is the most clear statement ever, right? These, see, this is what they don't recognize. The agents are agents of the government. These are folks yeah, that are, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the banks have, he has given the banks, not he, but the law, the country has given the banks charters to do yeah. certain things. What I think, let me take a moment yeah. here. What I think, Mike, frequently happens with this is because banking has been deregulated to the point of absurdity and because we see so many excesses in the banking system because of that lack of actual, this is what you're supposed to do and nothing more, period. The conflation of the way the deregulation has occurred and what the original intent and purpose is and what the charters are for is completely lost in the sauce. The the government can be as controlling and as it wants to be on capital, can put as many tight, requirements and restrictions on banking as it wants okay ultimately the the governments of the world 
are extraordinarily neoliberal in nature. And so their intent and their whole philosophy behind this is free markets, government helps prop up capital yeah. while simultaneously depressing wages and simultaneously killing labor to make sure it's pliable and ready whenever capital that these governments serve is satisfied. And so I think that that fundamental lack of understanding there is, is really big. It's really fucking big. Yeah. And here, I, I, can I sign my own charter? Uh, no, it's granted by the government. So now you, but you could create your own currency. You could create the buckaroo. You could create a wood chip and call yeah, it money. Yeah. If somebody will take it. Fill your roots. The problem is, it's getting accepted. It will not in any way, you know? shape, or form settle your tax liability, though. And no more I mean, than if, I, I if I'm your neighbor, I'll take your IOU. You know, if you're right. a friendly neighbor to me, I'll take my neighbor's IOU. You that, know, I'm not going to well. take somebody's, you know, 200 miles away. Anyway, look, okay. Fundamental, you know, misunderstanding thinking here. Yeah, and I, I'm going to sort of pin this down a little bit. I think it's, I think it's, I've got a slightly so simple explanation, really, I think, than, than sure. yourself, PSD. The regulation issue matters, but it comes into this. It's not just, it's not just a, a failure to understand here. It's a failure to understand systems thinking. Yes. It's to think in terms of this as these systems as circular systems. I mean, I think, I think this has come out recently with, uh, with Warren's, and, you know, explanation about, you know, the, the Silicon Valley Bank failure. And uh, where Warren has gone sort of quite some length to explain this was actually, this was a straightforward run, a run on a bank. That really the, the authorities had a responsibility not to let it happen, you know, because SVB didn't have an insolvency problem. Now, Warren's made that statement quite clear. So, so what, you know, there's a fundamental problem there with the way that the, uh, you know, the FDIC insurance system operates. In that, in that only it's only you know, FDIC insurance only only covers up to two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I mean that's totally inadequate for corporate customers or for business customers. You know, you could you're easily going to have more. Than that. So then you've got uninsured deposits in the banking system, and that creates its own dynamic. Um, you know, which which the regulators just didn't properly think about or, or didn't care to think about. Um. And this is uh, this system's, you know, circular dynamic systems understanding. I want to get back to that as well with this thing about, you know, about about what Murphy's claiming about about taxes here as well, is that is that his at this point about sorry about uh, oh yeah um, sorry you could get no Murphy goes on further down the pigs actually to to state quite explicitly people can get money to pay their taxes from banks from commercial banks. But that's, that's simply not true. It, 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 in accounting terms, it's not true because, because banks have to have reserves. You know, the, the only way you can pay tax back to the government is the revenue to return it, is to return what the government gave you in the first place. And they appear in the system as banking reserves at the central bank. And so... And when, when commercial banks, when they create what, what Murphy calls money, um, more properly credit, um, they, they don't create reserves. They create deposits at banks. That's, they don't create reserves at the central bank. So if someone's got to pay their tax, the bank that they pay it through 
has got to have some reserves, and that can, those reserves can only come from prior prior spend or lend from from government you know, of its of its currency. That's the monopoly. It's got to come from us. We're the monopoly. We're the government. We're the monopoly issue of currency. So you know, and 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 of course, what you know, his his mistake is a very common one here in terms of this, you know, circular systems thinking. Is what he's saying, you've got a circular system here, but go round, round and round here. We go around the economy. What Murphy's talking about, stop. Oh, look. Oh, look, there's, oh, look, there's all that money in the banking system. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's, there's some government reserves. There's some reserves in the banking system and there's some tax labor. Well, hang on a minute. How did the circle get started, Mr. Murphy? Yeah, day one. How did it get started? I mean, you yeah, can't. Start there. You, know, you haven't got any banks. You haven't got any banks when you start. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and you've got you've got no you've got no reserves. You've got nothing. There's nothing there. There's there's nothing there. You know, which you can say you know, which you can meet that tax liability with. So okay, so systems thinking. Twenty-three Fairly minutes, married. brother. We we got okay. twenty-three minutes to kill, man, and it's going to be <laughs> right. to get through this. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's what he says. He's he's quoting from Moser's paper. He says the MMT MMT alone recognizes the government, and it's this is Mosler's words here. So you don't think it's oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't and he says that the currency itself is a simple public monopoly. True. U.S. government levies taxable taxes payable in U.S. dollars. True. U.S. dollars to pay those taxes are or purchase U.S. Treasury securities can only originate from the U.S. government and its agents. Okay, they. this is, oh, God. Anyway, the economy has to sell goods, services, or assets to the U.S. government or borrow from the U.S. government, which is functionally a financial asset sale, or it will not be able to pay its taxes or purchase U.S. Treasury securities. So Richard comes back and says, this, it is stressed, is the first comment of substance by Mosler makes with regard to MMT. The message appears to be, in my opinion, that MMT is an issue that is only of concern in the USA. Now, let me let me just stop there real quick. I want to make this point, okay? To be yeah. fair, I know that other um, OGs in the MMT community from Randy, Bill, others, they were not comfortable signing on for the U.S. only version because obviously we know that that really that really does hurt. We we are an international movement. We have people in Ireland, we have people in Australia, we have people in China, we have people all around the world. We have friends in Brazil. We are a global movement, right? And so the idea that it's just U.S. base is it, it feeds trolls, unfortunately. That Try to say, well, MMT only matters in the U.S. It's only because of your petrodollar. It's only because of your standing army. It's only because in the all these things. And you say, do tell me about Japan. Do tell me about, you know, the U.K. Do yeah. tell me about, you know, and they can't do it because they're not serious people. They're seriously trolls. And unfortunately, because they live in that troll zone, they're not interested in any kind of real legitimate dialogue. Anyway, let's get back to this real quick so I can keep moving. I, I think, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, a totally, that's a totally sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not a technical argument. If we're talking about, you know, a, a technical description of, the mon of a monetary economy, of a monetary system, 
I mean, uh, he's, you know, Murphy's point one there is only a concern to the US. I mean, it's just a non-comment. I mean, it's just a, it's just a throwaway. I don't like what you said. Uh, well, check said. out how so bad it gets right here. This is so simple what he says here. Government levies taxes. U.S. dollars pay taxes. Government and its agents. The economy has goods to sell to the thing. Here's what he comes out with, number two. And, and <laughs> I may agree with this, but for different reasons. He says, government is a malign force demanding payment of tax in a currency that it only, only it creates. This is not true. In reality, mm. the U.S. government only demand the payment of a tax because it has already mainly benignly spent money into existence in the economy. <laughs> the demand for payment is not as a result malign. In any case, this claim is wrong. I, I would love to know by what authority Richard Murphy says this claim is wrong. He doesn't say, in my opinion, he doesn't say, I can't understand this. Can you explain Warren? He says, this claim is wrong. What arrogance must come from a man that says that? But anyway, he says the U.S. government might create what are called base money dollars, but you, here we go. Here is that freaking AMI, positive money, Rothschilds kind of thing. But U.S. commercial yeah. banks can and do also create dollars through their lending. Wait, hold on. What does Warren Mosler say? Should we, I literally like to fist fight somebody for not getting this, right? I literally would like to fist fight over this. Right here, where he says government and its agents and its agents, he says it all over the place and its agents and its agents. Okay. And, but what does he say? He comes in and tries to act like, but US commercial banks, where the fuck do US commercial banks get their charter to operate? My call. Yeah. I mean, it, com it comes, it comes from the government. But I mean, what, what I, what I read as, as what Warren meant there by agents was the central bank. You know, yeah, treasury, but that, any, any all other, of them. more general, any, any other, any other government entity that can actually has an authority to spend or lend, you know, the government's dollars. So, uh, you know, to add reserves to the system. So, you know, which I which I've pointed out already, the commercial banks can't create reserves. So, you know, they can only move them between each other. So. Um, Sorry, let me go back to that whole piece. Yeah, sorry, uh, I've got it. I've got the piece up here separately as well. Real screen. Um, yeah, so I mean, he's you know, it's 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 pretty sloppy stuff, really. To sort of you know, well, it's just wrong, isn't it? Really, I mean, you know, because you know, he's equating he's equating you know, the bank's creation of deposits through through loans, you know, through selling a financial asset. It, it gets uh, worse. That's what banks Listen are doing. Now, yes, it is. Here's what he says. Number three, the U.S. economy does not have to sell services Fine. or assets Fine. to the U.S. government to pay taxes. If they refuse to buy those goods and services, the government has to sell. What, what goods and services does the government sell? Anyway, as is their collective right within the economy, then the tax liability is the U.S. government would not exist. I want to stop there for a minute I, and just for a minute. Okay. I think this is super important, Mike. When a government decides that it wants to do something, in particular, let's say the U.S., since we're making this U.S.-centric, U.S. government will issue what they call an RFP, request for proposal, or an RFI, request for information, or RFQ, request for quote. It will put that out there to this uh, national, federal uh, business bidding platform. Businesses eager to earn money 
Go out there and scour that thing down. They have entire RFP writing teams that respond to every one of these things. They submit a bid. The government then in turn selects which bid it will take. And then once it agrees to that bid, it produces the necessary dollars through law, submits them as instructions to the uh, Fed to make deposits. Now, in particular, in the United States, we make payments through the Treasury, okay? So the Treasury has a slush fund, if you will, through the TGA, but it's all within the government sector. In other words, this money doesn't really exist the same way as it does in the private sector within the government sector because it's the government's dollar. So whether they move it on a spreadsheet somewhere or not is irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is that the government makes payments out of the Treasury to these people who they purchase things from for their the RFPs that they put out to the public. This is how Halliburton, this is how all these other entities, Boeing, you name it, all the trash that's leading this imperialist rush around the world, this is how they get paid, right, wrong, or different. Whether you like it or not, it's irrelevant, right? I mean, that's a political battle. We should have that fight because I'm on that side. I want to be crystal clear. I'm not advocating that we blow the world up. I'm just simply saying how this is done, right, how it works. Mm -hmm. Richard is fundamentally failing that when you read what he yeah. says here. Yeah, I mean, that first, that first sentence that first sentence fails on, on a point three, uh, which says the U.S. economy does not have to sell services or assets to the Indian. Well, well, yeah, it does, because you've got a tax liability. Have you forgotten that? You know, if you don't yep. pay up in six months, you're going to go to prison. You know, so uh, there's going to be people keen to sell uh, sell goods and services to the government. I mean, they, they are. I mean, this is de facto what exists. This is what happens. I mean, this is what happened across colonial Africa, you know, when the Europeans introduced monetary economies to them. <laughs> so, you, can't, you can't, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, let's move on, Steve. Next. Look at this foolhardy comment, though. If they refuse to buy those goods and services, the government has to sell. The government is not in the business of selling goods and services. What they're doing yeah, is I they're putting an RP. I think he's got a typo or something. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't think he's got a typo. I think he's got a brain out. It's, it's a brain out. Buying here, not selling. So, I, you know, I mean, he's, I don't know whether he's bothered to proofread what he's written here, but I would assume that's just a mistake. I he can't. Means, I mean, he looks like he's pretty fine. full of himself there, brother, because he follows, he doubles down. He says the logic and the claim to the contrary by Mosler appears in any case to be confused. No, Richard, you're confused. It necessarily oh, assumes. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Steve. Yeah, he's confused in the whole sentence, isn't he? If they refuse to buy those goods that the government starts to sell, well, yeah, what's, what's irrelevant of any of that? That's right. It necessarily assumes that the obligation to tax precedes expenditure by the U.S. government. Then the whole point of MMT is to explain that this is not the case. It also yeah. assumes the U.S. government has the power in to impose tax. When there is no justification, what does this have to do? This is like the most wacko sentence I've ever read in my life. Yeah, I think, that's, I think it's word salad. This point three is just word salad. I don't really. It's just, it's just shameful embarrassment. What an embarrassment. I don't think really past to sort of understand what on earth he was talking about or its relevance. Sorry, right, so exactly. carry on, Steve. Next. Let's, let's, Mosler then claimed that there are now. ramifications of his claims on the nature of MMT in the first, which he says, the U.S. government and its agents, see, he refuses to recognize what that means. It's, it's, it's a dereliction of intellect. It's a dereliction of integrity to butcher that. He says, U.S. government and its agents from inception necessarily spend or lend first 
and only then can taxes be paid or treasury securities purchased. He says this in direct contrast with mainstream economic models and the rhetoric that states the U.S. government must tax to get U.S. dollars to spend and what it doesn't tax, it must borrow from the likes of China and leave the debt to our grandchildren. He's mocking, obviously. Uh, not Richard, but this is uh, most. He's a, MMT therefore recognizes that it's not the U.S. government that needs to get dollars to spend, but instead the driving force is that taxpayers need the U.S. government dollars to be able to pay taxes and purchase U.S. Treasury securities. The highlighted section is indisputably what MMT says, but I do not think that it follows from the claim that Mosler made in the preceding section for reasons already noted. I think there's a logical error in your brain, Richard. That's the deal. We already debunked that. Moving on. He goes, this is compounded further error. The statement Mosler makes the U.S. government does not need to get dollars to spend is true because it can create them. But it does not follow that taxpayers need to take specific action to secure dollars to pay taxes. Look, I'm not going to, it's ridiculous. If I'm sitting here in a house, my local community is going to come to me and say, you owe property tax, you owe whatever tax. I don't even have to do anything. I owe yeah, tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's, another, there's another error here. That, and what do you got? Yeah, okay. So now he's talking about, about taxpayers. Now, so we've moved on to the individual taxpayer. So he's moved on to the sort of the microeconomic aspect here. Whereas what Mosler was saying in his piece was saying the economy needs to needs to needs to earn the money to pay the taxes. The economy as a whole, you know, in the macro. Hello, you know, this is macroeconomics. So, but but you know, Murphy Murphy wants to introduce here as as it being relevant to um, the representative individual, you know, and in, 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 you know, are you, you saying know, he's in, a DSGEISLM guy? Macro with micro, he's doing the same thing. Amen. All right, so he comes through and he says, but it does not follow that taxpayers need to take specific action to secure dollars to pay taxes. As a matter of fact, dollars required to pay those taxes are already circulating in the U.S. economy at the time that those taxes fall due for four reasons. They have been spent and therefore taxes fall due to the U.S. government. The dollar is the only legal currency in the USA, meaning that it is the only currency used for other transactions not involving the government. This is not the result of taxation law, but because of statute declaring dollar to be legal tender. However, we already know, let's, let's take a moment. We already know that if we get, he doesn't understand the hierarchy of money, obviously. Right. He does not clearly does not understand the hierarchy of money. Yeah. I have coupons. I have stamps. I have uh, bonds. I have all kinds of different forms of money. Um, and, and unfortunately, it just seems like he's hell bent on making sure that that is obfuscated. Let's go back here real quick and keep. Yeah, going. that's right. Running. I mean, just just to make a quick point, Steve, I mean, Warren Mosler in soft currency economics, you know, he, he states unequivocally money's a credit. It's an IOU, and I mean the government. The government's IOU. Yes, yeah, a tax credit. We can just put it's a tax IOU. We can just put that description in because it's what drives it. Okay, carry on. So he, go, you know, he says, and there's so much here. I, I, I want to go through every bit of it, but we are going to run out of time. We got nine minutes left in this thing, and we are nowhere near the, the fallacy. Probably stay. Let's, let's. I, I want to. Part of me wants to find the part where he calls MMTers cultists in here. Um, 
But really what is, he genuinely does not understand the central bank is part of the um, part of the government, right? Whether it be a agent of the government, as is stated, yeah. where the, they, the U.S. has created a yeah. law creating the Federal Reserve System. I know this flies in the face of all the Rothschild and anti-Semites out there and all the other, right? But unfortunately, it's just shameful. But anyway, he comes back and he says, how is the public debt repaid? He says, when U.S. Treasury securities mature, the Fed debits the securities accounts and credits the appropriate reserve accounts. Interest on the public debt accrues, the securities accounts at the Fed credit reserve accounts to pay that interest. There are no taxpayers or grandchildren in sight when that happens. He says, again, that is true. Mechanically, it is, in fact, indisputable. But once more, this answer fails to answer the question that anyone might ask of MMT. Explaining double entry accounting requires more than an explanation as to what the debits and credits are. Knowing them is useful, but they do not have they do have consequences, and Mosler goes nowhere near explaining what those consequences are. Presume Mosler knows, although the possibility that he does not is left on the table. Uh, most particularly that he never says is that the government did not have to borrow in the first place since it already had the loan in place from its central bank. Please, let's address this. This is the most grotesque one of them all. This right here, to me, <laughs> I, of all the things, folks, I have a real bone to pick with the Rothschild mm-hmm. crew, the the anti-Semites of the world, um, all the uh, central banking uh, conspiracy nuts. Uh, you know, we conflate the idea that governments, well, they can't understand why they fuck up. And the reality is, is that when you're neoliberal, it depends on who you're serving. If your goal is to serve capital, if your goal is to serve the 1%, then you're doing your job. You People just keep con convincing themselves that these folks are trying to do right by them and they don't understand why it goes haywire. That does not mean that's an act of God. That's not the forever thing. Yeah. That's not like science. That's yeah. just ideological bullshit. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's bad news. But also, again, this, you know, this piece where he says, you know, most particularly what he never says is the government did not have to borrow in the first place. I mean, that's just plain wrong. I mean, again, coming back to soft currency economics, which, which Mosler wrote, I think, 92, 93. Um, you know, it, Mosler is exquisitely, absolutely explicit that the, the government borrowing, the so-called, you know, the sale of treasury securities, the sale of government bonds, gilts in the UK, um, is, is that that's a reserve drain. It's interest rate management. It was never anything else. I mean, Mosler's explicit about this. So to try and say that Mosler, oh, you know, doesn't think, you know, to try and make that statement about what Mosler said, it's just absurd. I mean, it's just we, it's we outrageous. Have nine, never we have five minutes left. We couldn't make we're, that we're statement. With any, uh, we're at the five-minute five minute mark, bro. And this right here is the kicker. He says, the, he's saying Mosler is just straight up wrong on this. It says, the cause of unemployment. MMT recognizes that taxation by design is the cause of unemployment, defined as people seeking paid work. It is not saying that they're unemployed and kicking stones. It's saying that when when the world was started and when this system began, which they don't address, they never talk about the beginning. But when you look at the beginning of how the system worked, people, once they found out to pay the tax, they needed to do something. Going back 
to Africa with the hut tax for crying out loud. This is empirical fucking evidence, right? But going back to the hut yeah. tax, even he says point blank that, you know, I, I impose a tax on your hut. Now, what are you going to do to take that tax away? Are you going to go build me an aqueduct? Are you going to build me a standing army? Are you going to build me a roadway? You're going to do something because you got to do something to pay the tax. Or you're going to lose your damn hut. And that's not good. I'm not sitting here saying I love coercion. I'm simply saying that's the way it is, right? Yeah. And so but yeah. here's what Murphy says, though. I want to get to his point so you can know how bad it is. He goes, that's it. This is what Moser has to say on tax. Its purpose is to apparently create unemployment. The reason for doing so is to ensure that those made redundant might be employed by the government. I have only one description for this explanation, and that is that it's, in my opinion, wrong. Moser says, no more on the issue. A statement is in and itself apparently sufficient explanation on the issue. I have therefore investigated the origin of this claim, which I think is to be found in Professor Bill, Mit Professor Bill Mitchell's thinking. He said, one of the activities of a currency issuing government is to create idle real resources in the non-government sector. There can be subsequently deployed by that government in pursuit of its electoral mandate. Modern monetary theory shows that this is one of the major roles of taxation to create unemployed real resources that can then be used by the public sector. The public sector then deploys these resources through spending. And we already talked about the fucking RFP, the way we go out there and contract with uh, firms to do this work. And so ultimately, this is a way for them to get money. Anyway, the public sector then deploys these resources through spending. We should note that the need to deprive the non-government sector of spending capacity via taxation is to ensure that total spending is commensurate with the available, what does he say? Real resources in the economy. MMT shows that taxation functions to promote offers from private individuals to government of goods and services in return for necessary funds to extinguish the tax liabilities. So taxation is a way. Anyway, he comes through here and says this. So here's his version. I'm not going to read all that. Y'all can go read this later. He says, I offer three versions of this narrative from Bill Mitchell just to make clear that I have not misinterpreted his claim. It is what Mitchell and Mosler are saying, but he's not understanding what they're saying. That's the problem. Each of these claims by Mitchell and the one that Mosler makes based on them has to be wrong if the essential claim that MMT makes, which is that government spending precedes taxation, is to be true. Jesus Christ, this is what I'm, I'm beside myself with this one. I'm absolutely beside myself. The government has to have a means of getting you to do something for a piece of paper. A piece of paper. Why would I do shit for a piece of paper? I would do shit for a piece of paper because I've got to settle a liability payable only in that piece of paper. It's not hard to understand. You've got to be thick as a brick to not get this, right? So my question to you, because we're not going to be able to do much more. We are at that time. What what do you what would you say to Richard? And he goes on to call MMTers, cultists, and all sorts of other stuff. Okay, please do check this out. It's important to understand the fight that is out there between adjacent schools of thought. And, and I want to be clear. Let me just say this before I go any further. I want all of our adjacent friends to be on one accord. Work this shit out, man. Get it straight. Let's have that argument. Let's have that discussion. Let's close the door forever on the idea that the Fed and central banks are not agents of the government that they are representing. The government 
allows them to exist and the government could disallow them to exist. It's just that simple. So with that, Mike, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, well, you say he makes this claim about unemployment. I mean, well, I mean, about tax, I mean, because taxes, taxes withdrawing money from the circulation. So again, it's looking at some system dynamics. I mean, this is what Warren Mose was saying, is, is any money that you, that you take out of that system, I mean, saved money, which is money, which is not spent money, you know, has the, same, has the same effect. It takes money out of the system, so that creates unemployment in the system. It means there's not enough income to go around and to keep everybody employed. So it's, it's pretty strange that you know, it's sort of... Um, sort of take issue with that with, with that claim, you know, it's fundamental. Um I don't know if there's something else. Oh, there's, there's there's reams of this stuff, isn't there? There's, there's a lot more. I think he, there's he, so he, much there, brother. I, quite a bit now, but um so let, there was let me something say else this real quick, Mike. Mike, real quick, Sorry, because I have to go. I okay, want everyone to know. As as a nonprofit, Real Progressives and Real Progress in Action seek to do the work of expanding this so that we can have nice things. I want all of us to thrive. I want Richard Murphy to have the best retirement ever. I'd like him to stay away from MMT until he's ready to engage properly with MMT and actually understand, yeah. ask questions, not speak as an authority because he's not one. But I would mm -hmm. like very much to bring groups together. And as a nonprofit, I would like to be able to bring guests of different views on here and have them together working these things out for once and for all, because I am sick to death of these fights. And if we find out that we're irretractable, that we are absolutely incapable of building bridges, then we'll just break bread, give each other some tea and go about our ways. But for right now, we're so goddamn close to one another. I hate like hell to see... Mm -hmm. These alternate schools of thought diverge to the point where they're antagonistic. They're constantly looking for ways to take pot shots at one another, and they're not building. I want to live. I want my kids to live. God damn it, you economists, you freaking heterodox economists. Get your act together. Get together. Figure it out. Work it out together, man. Stop making us little people suffer while you guys see who's got the bigger penis. I mean, for real. Like, just freaking get with the program. Anyway, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today, brother. It was a pleasure. We're going to hey, do something again soon. I really am glad to have had you on, buddy. You know, I've got some, I've got some, I've done some program notes for the thing on photocracy. So, um, yeah, Excellent. we can maybe, we can maybe pick that up. Uh, would you, would you uh, put me, uh, put your email address through uh, to on, 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 on uh, PM somewhere. And, uh, I'll send some like over. Absolutely. Like and subscribe. Follow us, folks, please. We're here to build bridges. We're not here to destroy the world. But at the same time, though, we'll call a spade a spade when a spade's presented. So with that, I am yeah. Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar, my buddy Mike Hall here, pulling up the rear. We are out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.